This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Chief Director of Basic Education, Jane Sandlerbe, joins us. Uh, we're going to be talking about a particular issue now. It's called homes- homeschooling. And here in Gauteng, residents are particularly objecting to what the proposed changes to homeschooling education in the country is all about. They're claiming that uh, it infringes on parents' right to choose what is best, of course, for their children. Now, homeschooling, some, some will say it's a new thing. Some others will say, you know what, it's been around for a while, but government just at this particular point has made it something, something that it needs to regulate. And hence, of course, the conversations now have become deeper and more profound and more in your face as we now, of course, engage education in general, but we also engage this thing called homeschooling on the side. Parliament's Education Portfolio Committee on this particular weekend on Sunday hosted public hearings in Brockburn on the draft Basic Education Laws Amendment Bill, also known as the Bella Bill. The bill proposes sweeping changes to the South African Schools Act of 1996, which includes governing regulation of homeschooling. Chief Director of Basic Education James Handlerbert said the department acknowledges uh, that there are many reasons parents do not want to send their children to a formal school and prefer to homeschool them. We would have seen this also escalating during COVID, of course, and during COVID a lot of you know, things changed, and I'm sure James will be able to tell us that as well. Well, we're talking to the Chief Director. Let me bring him into the conversation. Chief Director of Basic Education, James Handlebe. Uh, James, welcome to Power 98.7. Welcome to Power Perspective. How are you, James? I'm doing very well. Thank you for the invitation. It's a pleasure, bro. So you're out and about, James, with with this whole thing around homeschooling and 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 bringing homeschooling into a space where, of course, re- regulation needs to apply to it as well. And 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 that's and that's not a bad thing. I mean, you know, you 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 can't leave an entity out there that that begins just to operate on its own. And I suppose. That's what's at play here, right, is to, is to begin to look at the entity and say, what's it all about and how does it operate, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, your, your introduction, it's spot on. I, I yeah. wish I could invite you to be our <laughs> spokesperson when it comes to this issue. <laughs> look, homeschooling has been there. Yeah. And, and, and it's not going to disappear anytime. Yeah. It's part of our democratic processes. Um, we, we, we acknowledge the fact that there are parents that are not comfortable in sending their children to mix with other children. Yeah, uh, there are various reasons why they do that. Yeah, uh, the most, the, the the big one that they bring forward is the issue of religion. Yeah, that they would like their children to be brought up in a particular religion, specifically Christianity. Yeah. And and there are also facts such as children don't learn at the same pace. Yeah. Others need more time. And our schooling system would not afford them that opportunity. Yeah. Because we teach to the masses. And, and that, those are the yeah. reasons that they're given. Yeah, and some of and our classrooms children, are huge, yeah. Yes. And, and other children 
have deficits in themselves and yeah. they need that patience and all that. Yeah. And and all sorts of reasons are then given. And then we said, yeah, we acknowledge those things. Mm. And at no way in the Bella Bill have we suggested that we're doing away with homeschooling. Yeah. So, so, so I mean, you, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, when you look at the bill and you look at the conversations that have been had at, up until at this point, that that is not the conversation that's being had. It it, it is not, but but in the in the hearings, it is yeah. brought uh, as if we're saying we're doing away with homeschooling, we're taking away the right of parents to educate their children, which mm. is incorrect. Mm. All we are saying is that continue homeschool your child. Yeah. But but as government, we need to know the whereabouts of every child. Yeah. Remember, there is a compulsory school going age. Yeah. And we're trying to ensure that anyone who prevent a child from getting to to, to a school yeah. need to be prosecuted somehow. Yeah. And 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 we really need that information to account for every child in the country mm. that a child is receiving education. Yeah. So if you are the educator, you are providing education in your own house. All you need to do is to inform the government mm. that is you'll apply and indicate that your child will be homeschooled. Yeah, we're not even prescribing uh, what the, the curriculum for that child. Uh, and if you've been following the hearings, yeah. people are saying we're forcing them to do CAPS, which is a government curriculum. And, yeah. and, and it's far from that. We're saying as long as you're going to offer a curriculum that is not inferior mm. to what government schools are offering, yeah. it can be any. Yeah. But, but when you decide to offer that type of a curriculum, please let us know. Continue to offer your curriculum, continue to teach your child. But at a particular time, we need an independent assessor, not ourselves, not a government, somebody who's qualified. Somebody who's qualified is somebody who has a teaching qualification to assess whether the child is progressing or not progressing, whether there is education taking place or not. And, And we're not going to impose to you who must do that. The department, together with the parent, might agree. Yeah. You might bring your own person and give us evidence that there is education taking place, or you might as well be babysitting the child at home. Okay. But the biggest challenge why we're putting these things is yeah. that some of these things are, are, are not are not uh, how can I put it? Uh, they are not sustainable. When when COVID hit, yeah. a lot of parents preferred to homeschool their children. Yeah. But as we speak now, you might have seen the admission processes in January that we were unable to place children because those who have taken their children for homeschooling are mm. beginning to come back to the sector. Mm. And when they come back, we don't even know where to place them. What grade do you place them? There's no evidence that there has been some education taking place. There's no evidence of any work done. So it gives us a headache. So it's easier when a child is homeschooled and we know there is something going on and there is an assessor that can give us progress. Okay. If they decide to come back to, 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 to government institution, then we know where to place them. James, James, I think, you've, I, think I, I, I did some research, right? And, and, and I was reading up before my interview with you and then I think I missed a lot uh, because you've just said a lot. Um, and and one of the aspects I wanted to talk to you about, of course, was data, and 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 you know what I what I do 
gleam from what I was what I was reading today around homeschooling is that there's not a lot of data available around, you know, how many people are doing homeschooling, you know, uh, who's doing homeschooling, uh, demographics of of who's doing homeschooling, uh, uh, whether, you know, uh, pro- you know, different provinces of who's doing, you know, in, in different provinces of who's doing homeschooling. But I think you've just scared me a little bit when you do say, after COVID, when people started coming back, and you can see it in the take-up in normal schools, uh, that a lot of these kids, then you don't know where to place them, you don't know whether they've had education, you don't know various things about them. Is it to that extent that all of that data is not available on a system somewhere where you know, a a grade that a particular child is in or an examination that a particular child would have been written and monitored and whatever is not available to the extent that when that child comes back into a system that is recognized as, let's say, you know, a governmental system, you don't know where the child has been and you don't know anything about that child. Is it is it as bad as that? It is as bad as that. That is why we're trying to regulate that. And and if you listen to the argument, they are resisting against the very same things like examination or or any test or any assessment of some sort. We're not saying exams, but any assessment. And all we need is evidence that the child has been assessed and the child is at a particular level. And the resistance is all about that. But no, we can teach them the way we want. And, and these are our children. As government, you don't have a say. And we're saying, what type of a country will we be mm. if we just allow children to be given whatever? We don't know what they are taught at home. I, and and I, these are children that are going to be part of our society, part of our communities. I thought, James, that it was a, a, a prerequisite. It was a condition that you, as whoever is going to be homeschooling, needs to ensure that the lessons you give adheres to, adhere at least to the minimum standards of those given at the different grades at various, at various you know, uh, schools, and that you cannot implement a system in homeschooling that's lower than anything that would generally be, 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 be taught at a, at a, let's call it a normal school. I thought that was a standard requirement that, that needed to be applied. We're trying to enforce exactly what you're saying now. Sure. Because you can't have uh, all the powers as a parent to do as you please. Teach them whatever you want. Teach mm. them whatever religion you want. Teach them faith. But at the end, there should be evidence that there is teaching taking place. That's all we're asking. Sure. And we say, register. And let, let, let us follow up. Let's find somebody who can really patch this. Mm. And other reasons that they'll give is that we don't want people to be doing home visits to check what you're doing. No, we don't have to come to your house. We can agree to meet anywhere. Yeah. But as long as you can give us evidence that you are truly teaching this child and not babysitting the child. Then, and then, then you can do whatever you want. Then, James, I have to ask you the most simplistic question, uh, uh, a 101 question of homeschooling. Um who grades uh, at 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 ev- who makes the assessment at after every single you know year? I understand how I would have gone to a school, and at every single year I am assessed and I move on to the next standard. And 
uh, and then I get to ultimately leaving the schooling program and I get to a place called university. Who, who, I understand that particular system and that's how the, the normal schooling system works. In a homeschooling system, please just give us some insight as to how the assessment works right up until a point where one would leave matric, let's call it matric, and, and lead to in a, a, a university degree. Who is assessing all along the way at each point at the end of that basic uh, educational year? That the real homeschooling system means you as a parent, yeah. you'll prefer to keep your children at home. Sure. Because you've got the ability, you've got the knowledge, you've got the know-how of teaching these children. Yes. But there must be some... Hold on, James. Hold on, James. Yeah. Hold on, James. Do you need to prove that to any governmental department or official that I have the capabilities to be able no, to do that, firstly. No, no, and, and, no, no, and, and this is, my, and this is my, my, as I'm going to go along with this 101 interview mm. now, because I'm realizing it needs to be at this particular level for, for a lot of us to understand suddenly. As you raise that particular point, I then need to ask, who then assesses the teacher in this particular regard? Because not every parent who might apply to homeschool their kids is capable in the first instance of having the knowledge and i'm not saying that in a derogatory way i'm just saying if i'm going to teach maths and science and geography and 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 all of those particular things i need to also have an understanding of certain things you know the the, the real homeschooling is is exactly where a parent will indicate that i'll homeschool my child yeah we take your weight for it yeah that it means you have the capacity to do that. Fine. Then there needs to be a curriculum that you are following. Sure. And this curriculum, you can extend it. It can take time. It can be shortened if the child is very bright. And it doesn't matter. But then there needs to be proof that this curriculum is being offered. There is assessment that is taking place. You're doing it as a parent at home. Sure. So, so the challenge becomes where it's easier to deal with a grade R, grade one, foundation mm. phase, and Absolutely. so on. Absolutely. But yes. the moment the child starts growing up, mm. and then the challenges of math and science become serious, mm. that's when people start coming knocking at our door. Mm-hmm. And and remember, there are two exam systems in the country. Yeah. It's either you do the IEB or you do the NSC. Yeah. Now, in order to get that certificate, then people start knocking at at institutions to finish off so that they can get the certificate. Mm -hmm. Others will write international exams in order to go to universities. That is fine. Mm. But but when, when they reach that level of secondary school, that's where challenges come. Mm. There's another element that I want to bring in here. That homeschooling is now taken as business. Yeah, and and I wanted to and I wanted to make that differentiation, and I was getting there, James. Yeah. But yeah. let me ask you the question, James, because then then maybe you can answer the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's the homeschooling that me and you are talking about now, where the parent yeah. and or an individual becomes the person who teaches that that particular person at home, and then mm-hmm. they bump into all sorts of problems later on, right? But, but then there's the business model that I have now seen, the online business model. 
uh, various institutions now that begin to teach people on the homeschooling, in the homeschooling environment, they are subjects. And you enroll and you pay and you have a curriculum and you are then assessed through that particular institution now. And so various institutions are coming into this particular space and saying, um, we understand that parents can't do it. Uh, you still don't want your child at a normal school, but we as an institution provide online classes for different grades uh, and, and you enroll there, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not only online, so to say. Okay. There are organizations that have mushroomed all over the place and they consider themselves to be specialists in homeschooling. So you are a parent yeah. who hate government school or independent school with passion. Yeah. Then you want to <laughs> you had to you had to say that, James. You hate government schools with a passion. Right. Yeah. Mm. But, but then, then, then you say you're going to homeschool. Mm-hmm. But there are these people who say, are you interested in homeschooling? Uh-huh. We are an organization. Register with us. Mm-hmm. We'll guide you. We'll advise you. Mm-hmm. We'll show you how to apply to the department and what to do. Okay. So that organization makes a living out of those parents who, who really want to keep their it's children. It's that guy outside the licensing department. Yeah. It's that guy outside the licensing department. Yeah, but, but, yes, but, but we can't stop those people. Yeah. But, but the funny part about it is that I said it's not only online schooling, mm. because some of them will wake up in the morning mm. and be transported to this venue mm. where there are these specialists that are going to teach them and they are taken back home. Mm. So the definition of homeschooling, homeschooling doesn't anymore. cover that. It's no longer homeschooling. It's now an independent school. Mm. And that's where even the online system comes in. It's basically a private schooling. It's not homeschooling. Homeschooling mm. is a parent teaching his own children. Mm. The moment you hire a tutor, then it doesn't fall under, fall under that definition of homeschooling. Mm. Because and, 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 and the noise that we're hearing is the noise about those who are making money out of children that are not taken to private schools or, or, or government schools. Mm. So we, we, we're talking are fighting, yeah. So we're talking of a blend, James, where if I'm a struggling student in maths at a at a normal school and then I get a tutor to assist me then in that particular uh, space as well, beyond the teachers uh, environment, I also get a tutor. What what ultimately we're seeing is is that the tutor has now become the educator in the yeah. other environment. Yes, yes. The tutor is now the educator. And it's not homeschooling because it's not the parent. Yes. And and, and most of our children are, are going through metric, whether they're in former Madison school or, or just in township schools, their math and sciences are getting better because they hire tutors, but they are in the classroom on a daily basis. Mm. So, so the one who's homeschooling, it means you wake up in the morning, you decide when the class starts, and mm. you know, everything is done at home. And the department is fine with all of this? We are fine with that because it's your child, isn't it? But, but all we're interested in is that, are you really educating the child? Yeah. And what are you teaching this child? You know, we might be grooming terrorists at home and without us knowing. Mm. That is why we want to assess this thing. 
Let, let me ask you a different question, where and, and I think you touched on it because you said uh, there needs to be a, cur- a curriculum that, of course, needs to be applied and needs to be enforced, and you need to uh, there needs to be some sense of monitoring that particular curriculum from from an uh, from an assessor's perspective, also that that just ensures that that curriculum is followed through. Um, we 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 we're, we're talking about. Uh, the, the 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 South African the South African curriculum, which we understand, you know, is the one you would follow at a at a particular school until you write an examination. The oh. the the international curriculum that people use as a reason for homeschooling, um, and and access to that particular international curriculum, um, at so 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 you how how do we engage within a country and its borders? An international curriculum when when there is a formal you know governmental system of education that's in that's that's i don't want to say enforced but but that that is that is the norm uh, the international curriculum how how does that differ in the sense that we allow children then to to pursue an international curriculum rather than you know the internal curriculum the south african curriculum well we, we live in a global world and and the majority of people who say we want an international curriculum, it will be a curriculum from the UK. Yeah, I haven't heard of a person saying I'm doing a Australian Australian curriculum. It will always be royal education. Right. So these curricula are benchmarked all over the world. Sure. Uh, that's why we've got a body like Umalusi. Yeah. Which become custodians of curriculum and assessment and when you write this exam we know where where we can put you yes and and the the, the south african national uh, certificate has been benchmarked worldwide as well and mm. and and it's performing very well so if you say you are doing a british curriculum yeah we know exactly what you're teaching Okay. And you know what it entails. Okay. And that's why I will ask you to show us that the child is being assessed. And sometimes they may not even register with us to write their metric. metric. They may register with those uh, mm. outside uh, companies because they are also around in the in in our country. Absolutely. And and it's easy to even run an exam online. Uh, I mean, universities are starting to do that. People are writing from home because there are check and balances and, and they are able to check whether you you copying or you're writing openly and all the cameras and all those type of things. So mm. we, we allow that. Mm. All we are interested in is that there, every child deserves to, to get basic education. Mm. And that's what we want. And we don't want children hidden behind closed doors when we don't even know whether they are being educated or not. We need to account for every child that at least they're going to have that basic education. Wow. Okay. So so let's let's get to the consultative process whereby, you know, you've been crisscrossing the country then and 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 busy on this on 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 this particular, you know, uh, bill. So so maybe maybe the data and maybe the numbers have changed. Um Received over eighteen thousand submissions. Three thousand five hundred have been assessed. Three thousand one hundred have already opposed 
the the, the kind of changes and or you know the, the the regulatory framework that needs to be then always suggested that needs to be then followed. That's that's a huge amount of of people opposing at a very very early stage of the process. If the numbers I'm using here that I've seen, uh, eighteen thousand submissions so far. Uh, 3,500 assessed, 3,100 opposed already. Are those the kind of numbers that you also are engaging with? Because these are the kind of numbers that are beginning to, you know, that Parliament is beginning to talk about. I don't know where you get the figures from. I'm not sure where they're sure. released from by Parliament. Or, or is it commentators that are trying to influence the, the, the hearings that are coming? Okay. It, Parliament hasn't started engaging with this thing. Yeah. So, they so are just collecting data, and we are there every day, and there isn't a big gap okay. uh, about this. And, and, and remember, we were dealing with fifty-six sources that we're changing. Yeah. And today you're talking about one, so which <laughs> means there are fifty-five other sources. Yeah. And, and what is happening is that these become now a political game where those who oppose government want to oppose everything irrespective of whether it's correct or not. Mm. Where they come to the hearing to say, we oppose the bill in its entirety. And the bill has issues like grade R that needs to be compulsory so that it gets funding. And how do you oppose that type of a thing? And the and bill, get, and, and and let me let me understand this, James. The bill talks to homeschooling, but it talks to all other aspects of education. Many, I'm saying there are 56. like you said, fifty six, and this is just but one. It's just but one. And how do you come to a hearing yeah. and oppose four things in the bill? I'll tell you the most critical things that they are opposing. Mm. If they are opposing homeschooling, yeah. The, the, the power of the SGB to determine language policy, yeah. the power of the SGB to, to determine uh, admission, yeah. uh, the sales of alcohol in schools, those are the most common ones. So if you come and say, I don't like these four clauses, mm. it, it, it means you are saying 52 of them are fine. are fine. Then why do you say you reject the entire bill? Yeah. Okay, no, I no, I understand you. Let's let's talk about the data then. And you were saying the numbers seem to be much much closer, in essence, and and the debates seem to be much closer in essence. Because uh, if you're then finding a dis- disagreement, it is about this homeschooling. It's about you know uh, the alcohol. It's about the language and 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 the likes. So so what what kind of what kind of interpretation? What kind of feedback? in general then from and how far and how long still do you need to go in these hearings and 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 this feedback process that you that you need to that you need to complete how how far and where are you in the process well it's a parliamentary process yeah and and uh, i don't want to indicate the yeses and the no because if you ask me i'll tell you there are more yeses than 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 just the no's yeah uh, I can confidently say that, mm. but but it will differ from from provinces to province. It, it's counting where where you had the nose that are very close to to, to them. But if you go to provinces like Mpumalang, it was overwhelmingly yeah. the yeses that 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 came in there. You get to the three states. So so each venue is is a bit different. Okay. We we, we now have done four five. We we're doing KZN this week. Yeah. 
will come back and do uh, Western Cape. Yeah. The third one will be the Northern Cape. The last one will be the Eastern Cape. Yeah. And then we will be done. Sure. Then Parliament is going to sit uh, the, the portfolio committee itself. Yeah. Say, so you heard what the people are saying uh, and what you say. And I think they will invite us as well yeah. to come and say, what do you make of what you've heard? Yeah. Then we'll have to concede in some of the choices that we put in there, like allowing the sales of alcohol during sports. I'm just giving an example yeah. and say, yeah, overwhelmingly people are saying, don't dare, even if you've got checks and balances. Yeah. Then we might concede and say, no, this one we're removing. Yeah. Others, we might, we might rephrase. Others, we may put our foot down and say, hey, look, you can't leave an admission policy in the hands of people that will block other people from coming into schools. Mm. Let them do the admission policy, but at the end, should that admission policy be discriminatory? There needs to be a voice from the department that deals with that. So, So it might be that. So you're going to get debate now inside the Basic Education Portfolio Committee. Mm. Whatever decision that they're going to come up with, it will then be referred to the National Assembly. You know the fight that goes in there, yeah. in the National Assembly. Yeah. And should it survive there, then it will go to, 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 to the to provinces. provinces. Yeah. Yes. And the provinces will make up their mind as well. Mm. And that's when they'll ask the president to sign or not to sign. Sure. And, and because I work for the department and we wrote this bill, and we have reasons why there is this bill, because there are obstacles that are on the way, we're hoping and keeping our fingers crossed that the issues of language, for example, yeah. you, can't, you can't give it to the hands of NSGP because it, it stands against transformation. Mm. It can't be right that in 2023, you still have black children that only speak English and Africans and can't speak their own home language mm. because there is a policy somewhere in a school that says this school is only an English and African school. Mm. And when 80% of the children in those schools are black themselves mm. and they live in the very same suburb, mm. it, it can't be right. Mm. And we can't allow it to continue. Parliament needs to, to play its, its oversight role and try and open, because it's a matter of access. Mm. It's a matter of transformation. We, we want to believe in, in home uh, language issues. We want to, to, to have children speaking their own ethnic languages. Demographics have changed. Mm. You can't find a school that has a single grouping other languages must be introduced in those schools. Let mm. those Sibedi children be taught in Sibedi and another language. Mm. Let those Zulu children be taught Isi Zulu in, from the start grade R, but they should not be limited by the fact that you can only come here if you're going to do English. Mm. And then you find parents and children in shopping malls, all of them speaking in English because parents are trying to make their children more comfortable in, the, in that foreign language because the school that is in their neighborhood only offers that type of a language. Mm. When you've got a lot of Sipedi speakers around that community, why can't you introduce Sipedi? Because the policy doesn't allow us. So these are things that you want to change so that should you be stubborn to introduce a language, mm. then, then the head of department needs to come in.
and how many schools that that are offering English or or maybe Africans are half empty? Yeah. When other schools are overcrowded, then you can't take children in there because there's a policy that prevents you. And this is what the Basic Education Laws Amendment Act is all about. And I suppose the argument, James, also is that we're not we're not messing with the language that you are generally operating on. We no. we, we we are adding an additional language so that it accommodates broader. Yeah. Can I give an example? I, I went to a township school. We had six African languages. Yeah. And we had Africans and English. So I did three languages, my own Shitsonga language. Yeah. And I did Africans and I did English. Mm. There were other five languages in there. Mm. And that the school was normal. Mm. And that's why some of us are so multilingual now that we speak all languages. Mm. It is the benefit that you get out of that environment. But why then should you have a school that has 10% white? And hardly an African language is offered in that institution. Mm. In 2023, I can just say it's sick. Mm. It, 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 it doesn't speak to the demographics of, 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 of movement and or, or access anymore yeah. also because we're, we're still then, if, if that is the case, we're still then of the mindset that, that homelands are still operational and if you want to go to a particular school where a vernacular is spoken, then you have to go to a school in the townships and, yeah. and, and the demographics and and the demographics have changed. Let's let's let's. And we're saying we're saying that language policy should be reviewed every three years mm. because should a, a mall be built here, and 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 then you've got townhouses that are coming in. The demographic have changed. Yeah, and you know this can happen within six months. Absolutely. Saying, every Absolutely. three months, let's check. And you know, the major problem with SGBs is that when they take decisions about policies, they don't go back to the schooling community. You find very few people deciding on the majority of the parents. Even if parents can come and say, can we introduce a language? Not the SGB has spoken. And just a few people. Let me let me understand, James. What is what is the economic? What is the 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 um, the the, um, the 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 hurdle? That one needs to overcome to introduce a language at a school, and 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 let me let me give you an example. Let's let's for example say there is an there is an English and Afrikaans school operational, and you want to introduce Sepedi. What is the hurdle that that is normally used as the excuse? What is the the burden then that is the so-called burden of bringing this new language into the system? What 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 practicality? Is, is engaged or they do not want to engage that, that would bring about that change? I haven't found an educationally sound reason why it cannot be done, except that this is our school mm. and this is the language that we offer. Basically, mm. that is it. If there is any educational reason that is given, is that it's fine if you are going to introduce a language, bring all the resources that goes with it. Mm. For example, if we're going to print a question paper in, mm. in Afrikaans, mm. we also have to print it also in Chivenda. Yeah. And when we do that, it means it's double the amount, the cost then gets double. Mm. Then department do that and feed that. But, but we don't even get there. Then mm. the answer becomes no from the onset. Mm. And, and what, what was supposed to happen is that the parents in that school who have children of color, who have more 
who are more in, in, in speaking another language were supposed to approach the SGB and say, we now want to introduce a language. We are many now. And the SGB needed to go to the department and say, we're adding a language. And the answer was going to be yes immediately. Mm. So those steps are never taken. Mm. And should the department with the current FASA take it up upon themselves and say, you still have empty classes here, introduce another language. Mm. The school simply takes the department to court and the department loses the case because SASA gives the power to the LGP as it stands. As it stands, yes. And that's what, that, that's what we are amending. And that's why we're losing a lot of cases because when we negotiated our new dispensation, mm. we were naive and very nice. And we were doing this in you a don't, good you, 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 it's a James, James, you will not believe how many people echo that particular sentiment. We were naive and very nice at that yes. particular point. You don't know how many people, and for all sorts of different reasons, and a lot of people use that particular you know, statement for economic reasons today yes. and say we were naive and very nice, and hence... We now sit. we're paying the price. Mm. So, so yes, unless we change these laws, we will continue to pay the price. Yes, it's a question, James. So, so what, what I understand and what I'm seeing these days from various aspects, and, and, I, and I'm looking at it where, where energy is concerned as well. So where energy is concerned, where the government and the department and then uh, ESCOM is concerned, uh, certain people take the department and take government to court, and then... Uh, the, a ruling is is made in regards to you will supply electricity within 60 days and you have to comply to schools, to health, and to other, right? So so you are then taken to a court to comply with a certain requirement. Mm. In this particular case, people are no longer battling these sort of things out in parliament. Mm. Yes, the debate happens in parliament, and yes, the, the normal processes happen in parliament, People go through the run of the mill in mm. Parliament, but people are heading to court. Mm. So, so in essence, as you even begin to work on these proposals, these regulations, these draft policies that become a bill, that become an act, the president needs to sign, all of these things have to be court-proof at the, at the end of the day. Because ultimately, I'm assuming, and I might as well maybe suggested to you that uh, and I think you would you and the department of would have expected it also is that certain elements within all of this might just end up in court um that's a definite mm. we already know we will we we have been told already mm. whichever direction this these uh, hearings goes we're going to court mm. Because the opposition parties are, are not interested in, in seeing these changes taking place. Mm. Their job is to oppose, so they'll oppose everything. Mm. And, and we're not even worried about it as people who, who are pushing for these changes. Because, yes, it will happen. We are, we are beginning to prepare for, for court cases as we speak. James, you're not a politician, and no, and, I'm not. Uh, yeah, no, I'm no, no, no. I'm saying that. I'm, I'm absolutely saying that. You're not a, you're, you're not a politician. You're, you're a civil servant, uh, di- a chief director there. 
and but but what me and you have just said speaks volumes for the processes then of what of what is going on in Parliament ultimately, where these things and debates and and contestations that need to happen around a particular point are not happening there anymore. People tick the boxes there, uh, but but obviously they tick the boxes so that they can go to court, um, and and you don't have to argue or you don't have to suggest anything on that, James. I was making the point that you are not a, a politician, and so I'm not going to ask you the politician's uh, question. Fumani in Pretoria North, you want to you want to comment on language? Yes, because uh, I think what uh, my brother James, when he mentioned Shitsonga, I think I know the school he might be referring to, but I won't say it, mention it because of conflict of interest. Yeah. But I'll mention how it handled during apartheid, and not everything cannot be learned from. Yeah. How does school handle them, particularly African languages? Uh, situation is highly integrated. Yeah. Uh, but at a certain hour, all the people went for their vernacular, African languages. Yeah. At 11 o'clock, you go for your language. And then the rest you do your science and so on. Yeah. What? Because I'm not a teacher. But then the challenge now maybe, maybe if people want 100%. Uh, learning of mathematics in their languages, but we learned mm. during a party mathematics in our languages or in a mixed languages. Mm. So I'm saying, why are we not considering having that one hour for all languages, including Afrikaans? Because it means everyone could learn. The only challenge is that you cannot study in Afrikaans. Got you for money. Let's go to Marx uh, Ramasike. Marx Ramasike. How are you? How are you? I'm good, Max. How are you, man? Awesome. And, and good to Mr. Ndlaib as well. Sure. Uh, I've been listening to uh, actually the comment he has made. And uh, my comment is that obviously as an organization that is uh, representing school governing bodies. Sure. We, we, Max, we, which, which, which organization do you, do, you, do you represent? Or the National Association. The National? Governors Association. Governors Association, fine. What we did also, we made a submission parliament last year, yeah. and we also participated. I think I attended the one at the City Hall. Obviously, there were a number of people, so we couldn't make presentation, but we made our uh, written submission. Sure, sure. On the issue of uh, of uh, some of the uh, the proposed amendments, which is the the language policy in particular, yeah. we emphasize a lot on language policy. Yeah. It isn't true because you are speaking to a parent who has been a member of the SGP in the township school, the former Molise school. And as we speak right now, majority in the former Molise schools, we still have majority as black parents. But when it comes to language policy, we are told to say, no, black parents don't want to agree on which language to start with first. Mm. So we are seated with, I mean, I'm staying in Alberton. There are schools that are still African schools. Whereas I'm staying in that very same community. So when we go there, we are told about the language policy that he has just spoken to say, no, no, the SGPS this is an African school. So I'm saying it, whether we like it or not, it will transform. So that is why we are supporting the fact that the, the government that gets involved in the 
administration of language police in particular. Mark uh, Ramasike, thanks so much for calling in there. And Mark's, Mark says uh, he's calling on behalf of the National Governors Association, and of course they 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 absolutely behind you, James, for the for the changing of of this particular policy around around language. Mark, so so the 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 sort of time frames now, Mark uh, um, James, is what what happens now? You've 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 underlined KZN, Western Cape, Northern Cape, Eastern Cape is the last, and back into Parliament, National Assembly, portfolio. When when are we looking at a at a at a at a more or less a time frame? And you and and also, you know, does the department have a time frame in mind as to when you know things need to happen around this particular bill? You and I have agreed that I'm not a politician. (laughs) It's out of the department's hand, completely out. We've done our job, we're done, we're finished. So we handed it over to them, because this is our proposal, we're asking them to pass the law. Mm. So, uh, yeah, you know what happens. Uh, uh, You you have an idea how how long it took for the SABC board to be put in place. So so it's one of those. There's one hateful story that I want to share, if you don't mind. Please do. There's a school in Gauteng, in the Hammanskral area. Yeah. This area used to belong to to the old Buputatwana. Yeah. So the language policy there is Tswana. Yeah. The school has 100% Tonga learners. I'm talking about something current now. Yes. 100% Tonga learners. They're all learning in the language of Sitwana. Okay. It's painful. Wow. Not because I'm a Tonga speaker, yeah, yeah, but no, I'm no, saying, no. How, how is it happening? Yeah, I get you. I get yeah. the point that you've just, just made. Yeah. One, it, it, one, it one, one, one language only. One language only. So, so all those Tonga children go home and speak Chitonga, but they come to school and they, they learn in Sichuan. Yeah. It's terrible. Wow. And that is, that is as a result of the school governing body having decided that that's how it's going to be. Yeah, because originally the school was a Sitwana school, then you have yeah. Sitwana teachers, and you live here, you want to come to our school, that's the curriculum is going to be offered to you. Mm. Yeah. So we're saying these things really need to stop. And, and you still find former Modisi schools that have died a natural death, no white child there, mm. but the language will be English and Africans. Mm. It just had to come to an end. But that's all we're asking for. James, let me let me ask you something, James, before I let you go. Um, what 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 we just heard in the previous caller was was one way he he suggested that sometimes the school governing bodies are black or black dominated, and and then we still find that these are some of the occurrences that do happen. So, so what's going wrong in 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 an instance where where we find that scenario? You know that there are parents who think speaking English is is an indication of you having being a learned person. Mm. People can't differentiate between a language of teaching and a language of communication. Mm. English is a language of communication. Mm all over the world. Yeah. But it's not the language of teaching and learning. No, it, yeah. There's and, a, there's and, a and differentiation I, I, I in your had, I had an opportunity to listen to a researcher, a professor, who says, check how many countries teach in the language of English. Mm. 
it's America, it's UK, it's Australia, it's New Zealand. Which other country teaches their children in English except in, Af- in Africa? Mm. They teach them in home language. Mm. But they are taught English for communication. Yes. So we think when we take our children to school and insist that they are taught in English, we're doing them a favor. A great our child who still have to learn mother tongue, we're now pushing that child to, 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 to learn English. Mm. And then the language disappears. In, and we have what, what we call coconuts all over. In, who in, don't in, even know their language, their culture, and all those type of things. Mm. Because parents have this understanding that the more English is taught, the better. Mm. So have that English being taught is fine, but have your African language as well. The, 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 the South African curriculum says do two languages. Mm. Do two languages, one at home language and the other one at, at second additional language. Mm. And that's what we say, but it's a minimum of languages that you can do. Mm. But we're saying it can't always be two European languages. And and back to your point, James, about the 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 whole negotiation point where we said eleven official languages and they are all mm. equal, and and we decided not to make the the indigenous languages the ones that the majority speak over and above the ones that, of course, were brought to this particular country, uh, mm. and and yeah, we were nice at that point, right, James? <laughs> yeah, we were very nice. James, I'm going to say thank you so much, Brut, for an enlightenment and, and an enlightening conversation. And it's really, really appreciated. Uh, I think a lot of people learned a lot of things today about homeschooling and languages and the curriculum as we have it in front of us as well. Uh, James and Lebe, thank you so much. You are welcome. Thank you. That's James and Lebe, Chief Director of Basic Education. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.